0: Welcome along to The Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matt Webb. As we head into the final weekend of the season up at Leeds on Sunday, we not only look back on our last two results against Birmingham and Brentford, but the season as a whole. What's been good, what hasn't and what can we expect from 2018-19. We'll also be catching up with young goalkeeper Joe Lumley, who made his home debut in our 3-1 win over the Blues on Saturday. This is the Loughbanks. OK, let's start then, lads, by looking back briefly on the uh, disappointment of the West London Derby defeat to Brentford. Um, a 2-1 loss. Brentford much better in the first half. Second half w- was far closer. But um, overall, your, your verdict on that performance and result since?
1: Yeah, I thought the, on the day, I thought the better team won. Um I thought they were really good and give them credit. They've had a good season. Uh, You know, under Dean Smith, I thought they came out really, really strong. Um, Got the goal after 60 minutes, albeit from a set play, be a little bit disappointing from our point of view. Um, And really went after us, you know. And um, credit to us, we stayed in the game. Um, But um, yeah, I just thought the better team won on the day.
0: Yeah, we we did sort of hang on in there, which they always say, just. Just stay in the game. Sometimes when things aren't going well, um, obviously Watkins hit the post and then he won the penalty. I have to say, it's a great passing move leading up to to that penalty. Um, Matt Ingram bringing him down um, and then he gets up to save it, Webby. And then moments after we've actually equalised, um, Matt Ingram's gone back down and he he looked punch
2: drunk as the physios were taking him off down the tunnel. Hmm. I think he said to you afterwards, didn't he? Didn't actually. Remember, remember the save mm. to, to 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 keep the penalty out. But uh, yeah, it was um, as As sense was saying, I think it was uh, probably a deserved win for Brentford. I think, as you said, we were. It was a bit of a closer game in the second half, but we probably just didn't create much and create enough rather. Um, and probably pleased when Ollie Watkins went off at half time actually, because he was actually causing us all sorts of problems. But yeah, just um, just didn't probably create enough to to get a result there.
0: Yeah, and obviously a a typical poachers finish from Adrisa Silla. And then the second half, we had a a couple of chances, most notably Mas Luongo denied by a great save from um, Bentley. But yeah, there was that that fear that the goal was coming. Obviously, Brentford desperately needed to win to keep those slim playoff hopes alive, which they managed to do on that day. Um, And they got the winner from uh, Joseph Sun as well. Um, a A disappointing result, but... It's one of those situations where you you can't get too hung up on one result, albeit it was against a team that we really didn't want to lose to. Yeah,
1: well, you don't like to lose any game and you certainly don't like to lose against your local rivals. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's some days where you you give the opposition credit, you don't get too down about it. You know, you've got the next game to put it right, leading into the Birmingham game and uh, that's what we did.
0: And turning to the Birmingham game and when the, the team was named before kickoff, I think a lot of people thought, that's a, a very young, inexperienced back four, which well, back five when you include Joe Lumley, always we'll speak to shortly and it and it was. Obviously aside from Joe making his home debuting goal, you had Osman Kakai playing at right back, you had Jake Bidwell and Darnell Furlong playing as centre backs, which obviously they don't ordinarily do, and Ryan Manning, who's predominantly a midfielder playing at left-back, so it was a, a very young back five, but right through the team, it was young, Ilias Chair, obviously to say, Samuel go right through the side but it was a, a team that turned in an excellent performance and let's not forget, against a side who desperately needed the points
1: uh, You're right, I'm sure well, I'm not sure, I know there was eyebrows raised when the team shoot went in you know, two o'clock um, inexperienced back four or back five, as you say, in, in playing together you've got two full-backs who've gone in a at centre-back, but I have to say that Jake's done it a couple of times this year and done really well. Darnell, I know there's been a lot of talk that possibly that could be his best position. Uh, And your thoughts? I think he's done excellent at the uh, right-back berth over recent times, but in the couple of games that young husband's come in, he's done really, really (laughs) well. So you've got competition for places. Ryan Mannon's filled in there uh, as a left-back. I think that's the first time he started, but he equipped himself really, really well the goalkeeper gets his chance and um, uh, circumstances for matty ingram and joe i thought looked really confident and you know he's been out on loan he's he's done really really well he's probably waited for his chance and took it so that's what you want i thought they were brilliant on the day
2: i think the thing with darnell is he's actually come through the ranks fan as a center back as mm-hmm. he's broken through he's he's kind of gone out to right back but it seems to be is it his natural position i think he's he's really good in the air he wins he wins a lot in the air so that he's obviously injuries have kind of meant that he's got his chance here, but it could be that he's, he stakes a claim for a place there next season. Yeah, very good shout. And Ilyas Cher, since you like the creative players, and he certainly
0: ticks that box. He obviously scored one and, and made one, and he had a, a very successful afternoon against the Blues.
1: Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of Ilyas, you know, in the, the, the 23s and even a couple of games where he's played early in the season. He's bright, he always looks to get on the ball. He's he's constantly on the move. He makes things tick, um, and as I say, I was delighted for him and his his overall performance. You know, he got his goal, he had an assist and the other. But for me, and I said on commentary, you know, what really, really pleased me most about Ilias Cheer was his work that he did when Birmingham had the ball. He closed down, he tracked back, and that's probably an area of his game that I'm sure the coaches have been saying, you know what, if you want to play regular, you're going to have, have to add that to your game because we know he can play, we know he can handle the ball, we know he can play in tight areas, we know he can be creative. But if he can add that to his game and he showed that Saturday, I was delighted for
2: him. He actually said that after the game, interviewed him after the game, he said, Ian Holloway told me that I need to work on the defensive side of my game. So the fact that he impressed there uh, was great.
0: Yeah, he's clearly listening. And I suppose what's also encouraging is despite the, the, the young age of that side at 23 years and 16 days, I think is the exact stat for the, the average age of the start 11, they handled a setback and handled it very well. Went a goal down to like we said, a Birmingham side that desperately needed the points, and they're now in a a real sticky situation because they didn't get any. Um,
1: we handled that setback and responded brilliantly. Again, that was a pleasing thing for me because um, you never know with a with a with a side that young how they're going to react to going a goal behind at home. You know, Birmingham fighting for the lives, big strong team in decent sort of form. You know, under a new manager, fighting for the lives. Uh, but I thought we were excellent, I thought we were a little bit unfortunate to go a goal down anyway mm. but once we did and sometimes that can be the strength of youth you don't get bogged down with what's happened in the past you you just go and play and as kids playing on Saturday that really wanted to impress not only the manager and the coach and staff want to impress the home fans You know, so they almost said okay we're a goal behind so what Let's let's play our way back into the game and they did
0: i tell you what's really interesting, Webby. 18 months ago, Ryan Manning made uh, his debut away at Wolves, played very well, and all the talk was about Ryan Manning, and rightly so. But now, suddenly after that game, you could talk about Joe Lumley. You could talk about Ozzy Kakai. You can talk about Darnell Furlong playing at centre-back. You can talk about Ilias Chair mm. scoring one, making one. Also, Bright say Samuel, who's come in, he scored his first goal for the club. It's Suddenly, you... you 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 don't know where to go yeah. there's so many young players to talk about
2: and talk about positively there's uh, Ote wasn't even involved he scored in his debut he's done well this season Paul Jay, Smith sat on the bench yeah, yeah. Jay Till is waiting for his debut on the bench so many young cuz I actually would like to know we need to look this up actually I'd like to know how, when was the last time we had so many academy products play in, in the 18 in the 18 or starting start games How many, when was the last time we had that many start a game It's uh be really interesting to know but yeah just want to talk about Ryan Manning actually because he's um, last few weeks he's been asked to play in a number of different positions and I think he's done really really well mm. he's, I think he must have played in three different positions in, in the last few weeks uh, left back centre midfield he's done really really well and credit and, to uh,
1: Ryan you know because he's had a he might not publicly say, but I know he's had a frustrating season because he broke in last year. Mm. Did brilliantly, didn't he? You touched on it, his it'd debut. Be, it'd be
0: strange if he wasn't frustrated. Yeah. Did course. absolutely
1: brilliantly. He signs a new deal, then can't get in the side, probably because of the strength, certainly earlier in the season, of the midfield trio. Yeah. You know, of and Freeman and Luonga, who at the start of the season I thought were really, really good. So he's had to bide his time. I think he came on in one game and almost immediately got sent off, which set him back mm. again. So he's, he's waited his time. Uh, and done ever so well since he's coming and we yet to mention
0: Jamie Mackey and Nader Manua who uh, played their final games at Loftus Road as QPR players and they both got absolutely fantastic send-offs didn't they?
1: Yeah well deserved as well you know um, two lads have served the club really really well you know Jamie's had a couple of spells he's um, had horrendous injury problems since he came back you know but great professional bubbly great in the dressing room Nedham well, he's been here six and a half years, 220 mm-hmm. odd games. You know, sometimes you don't really know how good someone can be until they're not playing as such. And I think we've missed him at times this season when he's been out. But uh, now a fantastic send off for them both. You know, milk in the crowd, but quite right as well. You know, and fitting that they should play or finish in a game where there's a lot of youngsters, mm-hmm. which I know from speaking to the youngsters they've had a big part in helping them develop. So they've got uh, the youngsters have got them to thank, but a uh, uh, great send off, and uh, we wish both of them well. They'll be absolutely fine. They'll go on and play wherever we we'll watch out for them. And, you know, they're always welcome back at Loftus Road.
0: And Jamie, he scored, didn't he? He did, yeah. I mean, the whole stadium was willing him to I score. I think I was on commentary going, go on, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I think uh, he was going to struggle to sleep that night because it bothered him so much that he missed it. It would have been great to, for him to score there at the end. I think that the roof would have come off. Um, but just a, a final word on Ned and Jamie. They both have been in schooling, creating a culture within the dressing room where the, the young players can feel at home when they go in there they so many of the younger players have spoken about that from your point of view as a if you can remember this far back as a younger player going into a first team dressing room perhaps there's nerves apprehension do i deserve to be here how important are the senior players in one helping you settle in but two enabling you to play your best football
1: massive you can't put a price on good senior professionals you know, I've been there, and everything you've mentioned there is right. You know, you're you're going to a first team dressing room. You're a little bit in awe of certain people because you know all about them. You know, I was. Um, you know, you look and do you fully deserve to be there? Can kind I of cope? Can kind I of cope with the mm. uh, the mickey taking and everything that goes on? You know, because they'll they'll try and find you out, and you, <laughs> you've got you've got you've got to be able to handle yourself in the right way. But for me, um, senior professionals were great when I was playing well they didn't let me get too big above my station and when I invariably had the poor games which I did many times they were there to say you know what don't get too down about it you're a good player just keep working away and keep practicing that and training so for me and there's too many to list uh, in name but there was, there was certain ones that were absolutely key to my development as a player.
0: Well, Ned Minou and Jamie Mackey certainly two players who QPR are far the better for having represent Joe thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast you're 23 now you joined us when you were 16 so it's been a seven years in the waiting how does
3: that home debut feel for you? Yeah brilliant Yeah, it's just uh, as you said I've been, at the club. I've been at the club since I was 16 and that was the aim to play for the first team obviously I played a few years back but um, I hadn't played at Loftus Road um, played played games in the in the youth team at uh, Loftus Road, but not in front of the crowd, obviously. Um, no, I loved loved every minute of it. Um, well, p- apart from when I had a little spill in the second half, but no, dealt with it well. Yeah, um, really enjoyed it. The fans were great; they give me give me a great reception. So yeah, loved it.
0: Was it? um Nervy for you, obviously you've been playing regularly with, with Blackpool, we'll talk about that in a minute, but to make your, your home debut, and like you say, alright, you play played at Loftus Road before, but not in front of a crowd like that.
3: No, yeah, of course I um, I was nervous, but I, I, you get nervous before every game really, it's, yeah. it's, for me it's a good thing being nervous, because it shows that you're focused and you're ready for the game, but... Um, but because I had played games at Blackpool week in week out, mm. um, yeah, I was felt like I was ready, and I sort of if I hadn't played games in a while, I would have probably been a lot more nervous yeah. and thinking about things. But because when you play consecutively, you get used to like, yeah, you know where you are in the goal, you know everything. So yes, yeah, yeah, it was good.
0: And you're playing behind a very young back four as well. You had yeah. Jake Bidwell playing at centre back. He doesn't normally. Darnell Furlong yeah. playing at centre back he does not normally Ryan Manning playing at left back Aussie Kakai playing at right back so it was an experienced back four in front of you as well so um no exactly it was yeah. an, even a bigger challenge yeah
3: well I've played with Aussie, Ryan and Darnell in the, in the we've played together in the 23s plenty of times mm. so uh, so I knew what they knew what they were about um obviously first time I've played with bids um he, you know, what he's like he puts a shift in. He's where you can put him anywhere on the pitch, and he'll do a job. Um, but yes, yeah, as you said, it was young. It was a young team we put out, um, but it just showed that obviously clubs trying to bring through youngsters, and then they can deal with it on the mm. on the big stage. So yes, you got to, wherever you put, it, as as you said, Darnell and Bids are both backs They get put in there. You got to, just got to deal with it, and they, I think they have done very well. Aussie done really well, and obviously Ryan's a. Usually a midfielder. He got put left back mm. and he dealt with it really well. So yeah, did, it was good. Did it actually help you that you had those
0: familiar faces? I'm I'm sure you've dished out Rollickins to most of that yeah, back yeah, four yeah. in the past. Yeah, well, yeah, quite a
3: few times. I think Darnell's been on the back of since <laughs> since i been sixteen. Yeah, every week he gets one. No, Darnell's Darnell's class. He's got a great attitude. aussie has got a great the whole the whole mm. back four, yeah, different class. But um yeah, I, I played with him loads of loads of times, um, them them three especially, and they know I'm about screaming and shouting them the whole game, um, yeah, and they're used to that, and that's it, that's it. It's a big Would part you say of that's a
1: big part of your game, uh, Joe, because you know we're we're at the training ground. We we'll see we we'll see you working. Uh, you seem to be very confident as a as a young man. You're very vocal. Is that a big part of your game as a goalkeeper? Screaming at your back yeah. foot, getting them out. You know you don't want to be them dropping on you as such. Uh... Yeah.
3: Well, me and Morty, goalie coach. We speak about it a lot, and we say it's probably the biggest part of goalkeeping. Yeah. Really, if you can get your basically, if you can get your defenders to do the job for you by screaming and shouting, them, you you don't have well, you have to do do stuff, but you don't have to do as much. Yeah. And um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's something you. It's not like it, it just comes. You have to work on it. The way you say things yeah, and course. the way you sort of like you have to. Yeah. I do a lot of work on it like studying sort of human different human behaviours if you know what I mean sort of like everyone's different so you have to figure out what to say and when to say it to different people yeah. and so, how to say it and how to say and it how which to is say massive it. and what words to say and each player reacts differently that's why you have to speak differently to each
1: player so you say you work with Wally the goalkeeper and coach um you know, in the years that you've been here, you've worked with some really good goalkeepers as well, Greeny, oh, yeah. Alex yeah. Smithy, yeah, and yeah. Matt Younger. You know, what have you learned from? What have you learned from him? I know you put your own stamp on your own game, but what have you taken from working day out, day, out, day in, day out with those guys? Yeah, well,
3: yeah. As you said, I've worked with since when I come here first. It was Paddy Kenny and Reddick Churney, yeah. and Paddy Kenny's a completely different goalkeeper to Rob Green. Hmm. But and uh, likewise with the coaches I've worked with. I think it's about five different first team goalie coaches now and every coach has their different view of how to do it but sure. you but you take bits you take bits you've got yeah, to be like a sort of sort sponge of you, yeah, you, you've got yeah. to take it all in and take bits from what each person's saying each player each coach um and
1: ultimately what works for you because no exactly um, yeah. you've still regardless of what your coaches are saying you've still got there's yeah. got to be an element of yourself in that, no, definitely
3: Waldy's very good at that he Waldie knows that every goalkeeper is different. I've got a different body shape to Alex Smithy's. Alex Smithy's got a different body shape to me. So there's basics of goalkeeping where it's got to be, you've got to do the same thing. But we're all different in how we save save the ball, how we kick the ball, so on and so on. So, yeah, it's it's massive, really. And from the players, from the, the, the keepers that I've worked with here, I've worked, I remember Julio Cesar, um, he was in training he was different class like the way he helped us youngsters the way he, what he said He, I remember one one time he said to me he said uh, he said you can be like the best goalkeeper in the world with all like the basics but if you're not good at making the big saves you're not going to make it big in the, in, in the game mm. and he's played in the World Cup so yeah but yeah what the keepers are well, I it's, it's been great since I've been here it's, and then now playing played for the first team Hopefully, my my aim is to do better than they did. That's, that's yeah.
0: Just but, going back to that, uh, you talk about the importance of communication and it's almost something that, that is, you're taught as much as you are taught your footwork and how to come and claim crosses. Yeah. you actually taught in terms of how to communi- c- communicate as well.
3: Yeah, well, especially now, I've been playing in front of crowds. You, it's a lot different to playing, mm, huge playing out there. And huge difference. Because everyone the striker would be able to hear what I'm saying out on playing in the 23s but now you're playing in front of crowds most of the time the defence probably can't hear you but it's that short and sharp little Mm. saying little football saying for example left shoulder yeah 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 something like that that can make the difference for for the for for the defenders and yeah it's obviously it's 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 something that you don't, I don't think kids get taught enough how they, like how they should speak to players because it's massive in, in the game. And I've, I've always sort of known that and mm. done it since I've, uh, and it's changed. Like I used to, I used to, Kevin Hitchcock, the coach, used to say that I used to commentate on games, which means like not really help out the defenders, just sort of waffling on talking. And then he told me how to, sort of change the way i speak. And then Wardy told me different, different things. And then it, it all filters through, so, yeah. Excellent, great stuff and your time
0: at Blackpool we've said obviously it's a a huge step up playing at Loftus Road for the first team, then for the under 23s but you've obviously enjoyed I think five loan spells um, while you've been at QPR how beneficial have they been playing as it's called men's football playing in front of crowds playing where mortgages are are being fought for how different is that? Yeah,
3: you can't really compare academy football to playing on a Saturday for in in the professional leagues, don't get me wrong. The standard of football for the twenty three, some of the players are different class. Mm. But there's no really, there's no wanting to win. There's no, there's no real consequences. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no there's, yeah, at the end, it's at the end of the game, you you win or lose. That's it. You, mm. There's nothing really on it. If you win on a, in a, on a game on a Saturday playing in the in the professional leagues. You're buzzing. It's what a feeling of winning. Even if you play bad or the team plays bad and you get the three points, it doesn't matter how you played. play. It does, in a way, it does, yeah, of, of course, course, because then it goes on to the next game. But the most important thing is getting them three points. And, and I think for a player, you've got to be a winner and learn how to win. So that's massive.
0: And nine clean sheets in 18 games, that's not a bad return from your time with the
3: tangerines well last year I went to Bristol and got I think it was eight eight clean sheets in 19 games and I just wanted to beat that and I've it yeah so but yeah that's that's it that's goalkeeper isn't it keep keep clean sheets that's what I would put there yeah
1: must have been delight with your form though yeah yeah no definitely yeah we were hearing great reviews
3: and um, yes about you Learned a lot learnt about my own game the knowledge of Like different bits in the game, I pick up something every game. I think, Oh, that's never happened before. Now I know how to Mm. deal with that. Um, But yeah, it's that's the as you said, this keeping clean sheets is is what I'm putting goal for. So now I didn't want I was disappointed not to keep one at the weekend, but we won the game. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's it. Exciting time to be a youngster at QPR, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of. I was. I think I was one of the oldest players playing at the weekend, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. All the players here, all the youngsters, the the academy staff, the all the staff, the first team staff all want the youngsters to do well. Mm. And now they're, they're playing games. Um,
1: that must give yeah, the young when the when they're training and the playing in the twenty threes. That must give them a real buzz to now know. Yeah, that there's a pathway for keeping QPR. Yeah, exactly, keep yeah. That yeah. you know, if you're doing well, if you're training well, if you if you if you're putting it in during the 23 games, you might or you will get yeah. your chance. Definitely,
3: it's, that's how you If you're training with the 23s and you see that some of the 23s going over, what if it was me? I'd be looking over there and thinking, yeah. I've got a chance here. So I'm well. um, yeah, and it will push you even harder because then next week you never know you might get pulled over and you'd be in. Yeah. So. And yeah. The
0: bizarre situation going into the final game of the season on Sunday at Leeds United, it could conceivably be any one of three people who lines up in goal for QPR, which says yeah. a lot about the goalkeeping department,
3: doesn't it? Yeah, the, I've worked with Matty and uh, and Alex. For, I think it's two years now, and it's been it's been different class really. I think I've learnt the most in them two years. No, no disrespect to mm. the other goalkeepers, but because I'm at that stage where I i want to be playing and i want to be where they are i've learned so much and we've, we've always me alex and matty always have conversations where we know there's only one one mm. shirt the one one players one keeper's going to play so but we know that and we all push each other in training if alex makes an unbelievable saving training i know that i've got to go and make an unbelievable saving <laughs> training so but that's how it works that's,
0: it's That's, always an interesting football,
3: dynamic because yeah.
0: whoever's in goal when they come off at half-time they'll be who, whichever goalie is on the bench is stood there waiting to shake their hand when they come off no, at exactly, half-time yeah. at it's, full-time it's really interesting There's, no,
3: there's no disrespect no, mm. it's between I think it should be in the whole of football no no goalkeeper should be like disrespecting it goalkeepers union as they yeah. say because yeah. <laughs> um, they know you push each other and the more Alex does well in games the more Matty does well in games, the better I wanna to do to get their shirt. So mm. that's how it works. That for me, that's by them doing well is in good in a way. Because yeah. then it pushes me even even harder and helps me develop more. And then you've got Wally, the goalkeeping coach, who knows that as well. Mm. And it's all everyone's just going like, just getting better every day, yeah.
0: Great stuff. And just finally then, Joe, your personal target for next season?
3: Well, I wanna I wanna be playing at QPR yeah that's simple as that really I've been out I've been out on loan for the past like four years and mm. whatever it is been out and loan playing at a different club um, now I think I'm ready to, to fight for the shirt and I want to be playing next year but QPR is number one
0: top man thanks for joining us Joe no, thank and you best of luck on that.
3: Sunday and next next season as well thank you very much
0: Great to catch up there with Joe Lumley. He's only 23. He speaks like he's a far, far older. He's certainly far, far wiser than I was as a 23-year-old. Um, looking back now on the season as a whole, since first reasons to be encouraged.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's quite a lot to be encouraged. I think the emergence of the youngsters. You know, we we've, we've, we've touched on eight or nine breaking our team. Paul Smith, he Ote Osman Kakai Joe Lumley Darnell Furlong and Ryan Mannon, still a young kid if you like you know all, all of them and I've, I've probably missed a couple so that gives us real optimism for the future uh, I think we've seen this year that there's a even though it's been frustrating at times there's a real pride in the playing for the shirt and, and playing at Loftus Road. Hence the many times we've we've come back. You don't want to have to chase games all the time, but there's that never-say-die attitude running through the club now. So there's um, there's cause for optimism. Um, but yeah, the youngsters for me, the emergence of the youngsters, be an interesting pre-season for them uh, with what else happens uh, during the summer. And let's see if we can uh, push on again next year.
0: And what about for you, uh, Webby? Yeah,
2: I think it has to be, first and foremost, the, the emergence of the youngsters, the fact that they've, they're getting experience all of the time. They're, they're clocking up the games. I think um, the way that the squad's turning now in terms of being a young, hungry squad, I mean, it, it, it's taken time to, to get there, but the, the squad is getting up that now. And I just think if you look at the, since Christmas, second half of the season, the, the form guy suggests that you know we're in the, I need to look at it properly, but top eight to 10, the, the form has come after Christmas and we're on an upward curve going into next season. It's not like we started the season well. Mm and have ended it badly it's it's like an upward curve going into next season I know we've had some you know in different results has been you know the odd heavy defeat not in a forest at home Holloway. but generally it's it's an upward curve and it's positivity going into next season
0: and also it shouldn't be overlooked the while it isn't the exciting aspect of going and supporting a football club the the books as well in terms of the the wage bill being lowered etc that's been absolutely critical uh, for the club going forward and that's something that has been managed
1: throughout this season while also continuing to be competitive on the pitch. I think that's been key you know it's well documented what what we've had to deal with and the you know the way the club was going to have to go you know it's been a season or 18 months certainly of sort of transition and steadying the ship if you like and I would say you know you you, you pay a lot of people at the club a lot of credit because other clubs have had to do what we've done and have They've sort of imploded, if you like, and actually gone gone through another league. So to finish, you know what we're sitting with at the minute: 56 points, one game to go. That's an improvement from last year. I think the performances, by large, have been an improvement on last year. The fighting spirit we've already touched on has been an improvement on last year. So yeah, lots to lots to be pleased about. You know, if you're saying flip that round, what do we need to improve on? I think we need to be. And better away from home, mm. as such. You know we need to be better defensively. You know, for me, we haven't kept enough clean sheets. But uh, if you look, certainly early in the season, when we were just patching a back four up just to just to play a game, I think again that should give everyone a lot of credit for for the position that we find ourselves in.
0: Okay, well, off the pitch, um, what has been going very well, uh, of course, is the. Forever ours Club and the Forever R's Golf Day which took place recently at Stockley Park Golf Course in Uxbridge was a, a huge success since um, raising more than £12,000 for the Forever R's and that money goes straight into enabling the club to invite former players down, they stay in a nice hotel, come down with their family, have a, a lovely afternoon at, at Loftus Road so it's, it's fantastic that the club have really, or the supporters have really bought into what the Ex Players Association is all about. But the, the golf day um, was a good success, and uh, your golf was uh, on form
1: again, wasn't it? I don't know about my golf. <laughs> no, the, the, it was it was a fantastic day. You know, we we had brilliant weather, which always helps. But you know, twenty one teams, twenty one former QPR players uh, turning up because they wanted to be there and support what we're doing, uh, playing with fans and sponsors. Uh, It was a great day. It was a lot of good golf. It was a lot of very average golf um, played as well, (laughs) certainly by me. But um, it was was brilliant. And to raise what we raised um, just caps it off. A lot of hard work goes in by many people uh, to make it it happen. And uh, I was delighted the way it went.
0: And it's very poignant as well at the start. You introduced uh, Ray Wilkins' son-in-law, Terry, to everyone. He got a nice round of applause before the golf got underway. Of course, he was there representing his father-in-law.
1: Yeah, that was that was a nice part of the day. We 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 dedicated a lot of the day to to Ray. You know, um, a lot of the players there would either played with him, uh, for him, um, or would have come across him in some capacity. And they've all got the same sort of stories as I've got. You know, fans and sponsors um, would have certainly seen him play. And you know, he played in the golf day. Last day, he was a huge support of the Forever Us and a huge support of the golf day. Um, as a man, so generous with his time, but what he offered, you know, he used to he used to donate auction prizes, four balls, then at Fox Hills, which um, we were due to play in one the, the the day after he passed, actually, so it was tinged with a, a sadness. But you know, on the day we 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 referenced the sad part of it, but we wanted to celebrate Ray Wilkins for for who he was and what he was, and uh, to have his um, son-in-law Terry come and play in honor of his uh, father-in-law was. Um, was great, he played with me, he really appreciated the day and uh, it was fantastic to have him.
0: And uh, the golf day will be taking place in um, around about April 2019, is that right, the next one, the third one?
1: Yeah, can't can't wait, you know, the plan will start almost immediately, you know, uh, what we did last year because everyone had such a good time, you don't really need to advertise it, people want to come and play and I think the key to it is one, you get the fans, two, you get the sponsorship but... Three, and more importantly, I think the the former players being there makes the day, you know, and they're, they're brilliant with the people that they play with, they stay and have dinner, they sign autographs, um, it's what it's all about. And for me, certainly beforehand and the hour afterwards while everyone's coming off, it, it's great for me to stand back sometimes and have a real smile. When players are reunited with each other, they're laughing, they're joking. You know, we've already touched about uh, the sadness of Ray, but I found myself in groups of three, four, laughing and joking and telling stories about Ray. Uh, and about our careers and various games and various incidents. And um, that's a great part of the day for me. And uh, long may it continue. It's going from strength to strength. Thank everyone for support, getting behind it. And uh, I think we're doing something really, really good at the football club.
0: On to the final game of the season then, uh, Webby, Leeds United on Sunday at Ellen Road Um, and it'd be great to to finish with a win and put this away day bug to bed we've certainly improved in the second half of the season on the road and it'd be it'd be great if we could notch up another victory before the season
2: season uh, comes to a close it would be yeah it's um the the away form if we look look back at the season the the away form has um has not been has not been the strong point really so it'd be nice to, to get another win on the road to kind of help with that looking looking ahead to next season and obviously the manager's spoken about better in last season position better in last season's points total so we've bettered the points total are going to better the position so to potentially finish 14th with with six points better off than last year when you look at the change that have had to happen to the squad mm. bringing through the younger players wouldn't represent a bad season really would it?
0: And it'd be a good experience for the younger players as well going to a place like LM Road
1: Yeah it's a great place to play you know people ask me uh, you know if you want to say three of your favourite places to play at, that would be up there. But it's it used to be a hostile place, yeah. uh, you know, for the opposition. They used to be right behind their team. Let's face it, it's a big club They've got great support, but uh, they've had a really difficult season. Just shows you, you know, it's not the size of the club, it's not where you were, it's not what your history is. It's it's about what you're doing now. So, uh, so yeah, we go. It'd be great if we finish with a win. Um, and I think we can. Uh, Leeds are going through that sort of transition, got a lot of youngsters in their side, gone through change after change after change over recent seasons, but uh, it's not about them, it's about us.
0: This season's been really funny for Leeds. 24 games in, they were fifth in the table. You're not talking six or eight games in. 24 games in, more than halfway through the season, they were fifth in the table, looking very good for a playoff finish. Then they they had a dip and they, they changed their manager, uh, Thomas Christensen, replaced by Paul Heckenbottom they haven't been able to address that slide and after 24 games they were seven clear of Fulham. Now this weekend Fulham could go up automatically with 91 points or could maybe not go up automatically with 91 points whereas Leeds if we beat Leeds we finish above them and they'll drop to 15th in the table.
1: Yeah it's been an incredible turnaround really uh, for the worst for them you know I think they started well you know the new manager came in not many people had heard of him, but he got off to a uh, Quite a good start. I was impressed with them when they came all off the road. You know, I think it'd be a three-one. Kemar Roof got a hat-trick, I think, on the day. They looked really good value for, for for what they for what they did to us. But um, they never really kicked on. Managers come and go again. Uh, Heckenbottom's gone in there from just up the road. Where he did a really good job down at Barnsley. You know, with limited resources. But managing Leeds is a lot different to managing Barnsley. So. Um, Yeah, he's got a a tough job on there, but um, let's say it's about us. Let us finish with a win in style. Good performance. You know, the the QPR away fans will be up there again. You know, they've been absolutely fantastic over the season, you know, sticking with the side um, through thick and thin, if you like. Uh, Let's see if we can get up there, get a win, get a performance and uh, say thank you to them.
0: And team selection wise, I think it's fair to assume it'll be another young side.
2: Yeah, I think, Obviously, the way a number of the boys performed against Birmingham, they probably deserve to keep their places in the team. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if, if if we did see a young side um, put out again at, at Elland Road.
0: And uh, of course, it it, it it will give them that that experience as well going into next season. They've they've played well at Birmingham. It'd be great if they could turn in another good performance and then have a great summer full of confidence for themselves and giving the fans something to be excited about for next season.
1: Yeah, if uh, if there is youngsters in the side on Saturday it'll be part of their education if you like to play in the massive stadium, you know Leeds fans will still be behind the team um so yeah, it's another part of their learning curve you know to go there to put on a performance, hopefully get some points or if not three, one, get away for the summer, reflect, come back in June whenever they're back, ready to go better for the the handful of games they've all had this year. It's a big preseason for for their careers this year. You know they've had a taste now. We heard Joe Lumley. You know he's had a taste. He wants to be QPR's number one. Darnell Furlong will want to be the number one fullback in the club or or centre back wherever he plays. Ilias Chair, I saw his interview the other day. Desperately a first team regular. as he's broken and excited. Mm-hmm. A lot of people he'll now want to cement his place and make build his reputation. Paul Smith has come from nowhere. You know still remember his goal on. New Year's Day against Carlisle, where he announced to everyone I'm here this is what you're going to get you know so uh, now an exciting summer for the kids and uh, we wish them well
0: Great stuff thanks Andy thanks Matt and thanks for listening to the Loftcast